Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Today we are chatting with Crystal Hurst and I want to introduce her. Normally when we start an episode, I usually just say, hi, how's the weather to my guest? But we're going to do something a little bit different today because I want to give you a background on Crystal. I met her a little over a year ago at one of Sally Clarkson's conferences, and we just happened to sit down next to each other with our plates of food, and we were eating, and we started talking, and she had a cold, and um, we were chatting just about life, and she was sharing her story and some of the challenges and circumstances that she was going through, which were challenging by anybody's measurement. And I just remember sitting there being so incredibly inspired by her, just her, her depth of character and her wisdom and her, her, the steadiness of her faith. And um, I was just so fascinated by her and I had no idea who she was. And it turns out, you know, now she's written a fantastic book, which we're going to chat about, and she comes from an amazing family. And it just, as I put all the pieces together, it just really inspired me at the, the power of a family and what a family can do and how a family can impact a person's life. So uh, she's done amazing things. And honestly, in preparing for this interview, I really wasn't sure what to narrow it down to. So we're probably going to do a couple episodes with Crystal because she's my favorite new friend. So I have all kinds of things to chat with her about because she's done so many things that I think are going to challenge you and inspire you. So welcome to the Inspired to Action podcast, Crystal. Hi there. Thanks for having me, Kat. It's fun to chat with you. I think that the most fun thing about podcasting is that I just get to chat with my friends and then share it with the, <laughs> ask them nosy questions and then share it with the world. I love it. I love it. Awesome. So why don't you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and then a little bit about your motherhood story. Um, well, let's see. I am currently, um, let's see, a little bit about me. Well, I'm married. been married for 13 years. We have five children. We got married, and on our wedding day, we each gave each other a wedding gift. Um, we blended our two daughters from the beginning, and then we've added three boys since then. We have kindergarten and college happening under our roof, and um, one getting married, one going to college, and three that we homeschool. So we've got a lot going on in our house. Um, I was a teen mom, so I've been a mom basically since I've been an adult. And um, so I'm passionate about motherhood and passionate about women um, figuring out what their value is, both as moms and then just, um, you know, just in terms of intrinsically who God created them to be. And uh, so you have five kids. What are the, what's the boy-girl ratio there? Two girls on the top, ages 22 and 18, and three boys on the bottom, ages 10, 8, oh, excuse me, he just turned nine, 10, <laughs> 9, and 5. <laughs> so I wonder, does it get any more challenging that two teenage or, you know, a slightly above teenage girls. So I, th I would say, I would guess that's probably one of the most challenging times with girls. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking like hormones and emotions. And then you have three little boys. You're just running around all the time. 
Basically, my Basically. my girls want me to stay up until two a.m. talking and watching movies, and my little kids want me to get up at six a.m. to crawl on the bed and have cuddle time. So basically, I'm operating on no sleep whatsoever. <laughs> so, so this is one thing that that most inspired me about you, or at least recently. Honestly, there's so many things. So we were sitting at the Declare conference in August, and I think you leaned over and said, "I think I'm going to try to run a half marathon." And you did never, I say that? You did. You did. And I think it was then. Is that about when you started? Probably. I just didn't know I'd committed that, you know, I I didn't, I don't remember what I say to people. (laughs) Well, this time it's recorded. So if you forget, I'll just send you the recording. Um, Yeah. And so I was like, oh, and you never mentioned running or anything like that before. So you have all these kids to take care of. You are, you homeschool too, right? Yes. So you have these little boys and then you're helping to plan a wedding. I mean, yes. that's crazy. All, all that's, that's just lots of stuff happening. What, what inspired you around August to suddenly decide to run a half marathon? Well, um, what, there was, it's a series of things, but just in short, um, my, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, my husband had some health challenges and I'm, he, you know, we were already kind of conscious about some things that were going on with him. But on top of that, one day I was cleaning out my car and put my finger in the wrong spot, moved the seat forward, broke my finger, went oh. to care now. They took my blood pressure and it was high. And they said, don't worry about it because, you know, you just broke your finger. Well, a few weeks later, I went for my normal checkup and it was still not as high, but still elevated. And just with everything that had happened with my husband and then, you know, just I've had a grandmother who'd lost um, one leg, two before she passed away. I mean, th- there's diabetes in my family. I just said, you know, I, I have to get this together. I got to get it together. I mean, I, it's a very clear pathway. I mean, I can basically write my health story if I don't make some changes. I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to, um, my blood pressure is going to continue to go up. I'm going to get diabetes at some point. And I know what that looks like. I've seen that happen to a lot of people in my family. So I decided um, with our homeschool money, the homeschool money that we pay for our kids to go to co-op once a week during the summer, since I'm not paying for that, I took that and said, you know what, I'm going to invest in me. I'm going to go see a personal trainer for a couple of months because that's all I could afford and see if that just gives me a kick in the rear. And it kind of did. And I'd spent money. And so after Mm -hmm. the trainer, (laughs) a couple of months, and I started eating some fries from McDonald's and Chick-fil-A sweet tea and all that fun stuff. (laughs) I just said, this is ridiculous. I just spent, you know, more than a couple of hundred dollars on my body. So why would I like throw that away? So what else can I do? And um, actually, this was not my first half marathon. I ran another one when I was in 2008. I found, I'm sorry, seven. I found out I was, um, I planned to run a half marathon and found out that I was pregnant and was too bullheaded to not do it. But it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. I mean, you know, I barely, they were packing up all the all the banners and stuff when I crossed the finish line. It's pretty sad. So this was, I just said, you know what, let me try to do it again right. So I've just, it was just kind of a, you know, series of things that I've just been trying to keep going, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And you've made some serious, serious, I mean, you you haven't done this half-hearted. You've no. been all in. What, do you feel like spending that money initially, uh, was that a hard decision to make, first of all? Yes, because, because we're on one income. <laughs> You know, and I mean, there are tons of other things um, that I could have done with that. Um, but that's the point. I think that whether it's my time or whether it's money, 
I'm always putting a large investment of my time and money in everything else but me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that, you know, a personal trainer is the answer or that people have to feel bad if they don't have extra funds to do that. I just think we have to, we have to figure out individually how we each make um, our health a priority. And, you know, I'm not speaking as an expert. I'll be working on this for the rest of my life because this is the body. This is the shell. This is the house that we get to walk around in. And I'm no good to anybody if I feel sick, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You so know. I just think we have to each look at our own deal. And, you know, that's not something we've been able to continue over the long haul. So I've just been trying to figure out what else can I do to stay motivated and stay encouraged to keep going. Yeah. Well, so having that personal trainer kept you accountable to it. Yes. And it was a sacrifice that made you want to stick with it. And then training for the half marathon, I'm guessing, kind of had the same effect because you had to pay for it. Yeah. And, and that wasn't cheap either. <laughs> yeah. I know, isn't that crazy? They, yeah, you have to pay so ridiculous. much money just to run. Just, I'm like, running is the most expensive free sport ever. It is. By the time you pay for the, by the time you pay for the race and you have a decent pair of shoes, um, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you spend a couple of hundred dollars just, just to run in a race, you know? My my kids want to do a race with me in March and they, well, actually there's another one in April that they all want to do. It's like a, um, it's called the human race and mm-hmm. it's apparently like a dry try so you run you bike and then you paddle so you don't have to swim because i would drown uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean i can swim but like in a recreational setting in a river or a lake i would scare the lifeguards i'm really sure of it so but but when i looked at the cost of our whole family doing this race it was yep. gonna be like 150 dollars just to do a race. So it, it's a big commitment, but it is interesting how making that sacrifice financially commits you to, you know, for months ahead of time. So it's almost like you pay for the race, but it's almost like a gym membership because exactly. you feel yeah. guilty because you don't want to, you don't want to be behind the ambulance at the end of the race. <laughs> right. So it makes you train that much harder. Exactly. Uh, so, um, so you, that, the trainer, whatever you call it, the hiring the personal trainer, your training sessions. There you go. I found the words. <laughs> that ended. And then we so were in a little lapse. Was it after that or before that that you decided to do the half marathon? Oh, um, probably after the lapse. But, you know, I mean, I started my personal fitness journey in August of 2012. A, pers- a, a new pastor came and his wife um, said she had a membership at 24-Hour Fitness. And I had one that I wasn't using. And I said, um, you know what? Hey, let's meet up there because I'm trying to be friendly. And we met up there and she looked at me and said, okay, so I want, let's go to this machine right here. Let's put on this weight and, uh, you know, lift this. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait, 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 what's happening here? She said, oh, I'm a personal trainer. So I'm, I was like, oh no, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, um, you know, she just kind of gave me a kick in the rear and for like six weeks I was mad, but I did whatever she told me to do. And, um, that was kind of the beginning of it. So I said all that to say that accountability is important, you know, mm-hmm. and for some some of us, we're not going to show up unless there's somebody waiting, you know, whether it's a walk at the park or whether it's somebody that you're running with or, you know, it's, it's, it's taken me a long time to work down and I've had a million lapses since then, but there's always been some kind of accountability, a race or a person or money spent, you know, something. And I, I, rotating through those different options 
keeps things interesting. If having a personal trainer isn't something that somebody could afford constantly, then you can sign up for a race. And that, you know, depending on how long the race is or how much you need to train for it, that can keep you going for several months or meeting a friend at the gym. Or, you know, a good one for me has been signing up for races with my kids. Yeah. Because I can't back out on that. They're super excited about it. And and I need to not have my six-year-old beat me. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I run with him, but technically I'm racing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but you said a super interesting thing that I think is really, really key and really, really crucial. And I want to know how you broke through it. Is you said you had several lapses since then. How do you get out of those lapses? How do you not let feeling bad or feeling guilty make you stop? How do you keep going? Um. Well, this may be a little narcissistic. Um. But because I'm so vocal about my journey on social media, mm. <laughs> it's been kind of like people are watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's <clears throat> um, I'm conscious of the fact that I've put that I've been in a race or that I've you know put little messages about being in the gym or that I've posted little encouraging, um, you know, graphic things with words on them on Instagram. I mean, I'm conscious of that. So after a while, I just kind of go, you know what, I have to get my act together. And, and this is something I need to like do further work on and journal about and figure out. But, you know, I'm working on this post and it's taken me forever about why I got fat in the first place. Mm. Um, and I think it's very easy to pretend like something that's happening isn't happening when no one's looking. Mm. Um, I had a husband who traveled, I was homeschooling my kids and, um, no one was looking or, you know, so you, so you think. Right. And, and I wasn't looking and I wasn't paying attention. And I really didn't realize, I mean, now I'm looking at pictures. I didn't realize how big I had gotten. I didn't realize it, it takes looking at a picture for me to look at it and go, I don't even look like myself. You know, I don't. Um, so I, I think there's something to be said for public, whether that's, you know, a small group or church or Instagram or whatever. But accountability, knowing that people are looking and the recognition that if people aren't looking, you know, God is always looking. But but I've had to um, that's kind of been like a lot of it. And then I when I'm encouraging people think I'm you know throwing things up on social media to encourage other people, which I am. But it's really to encourage myself. I mean, I literally sat in the gym the other day. This was one of my lapses last week, because after the half marathon, I went straight to Chick-fil-A and just, you know, completely. uh <sighs> was just zoned out. You know, it was like crack, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I think they put crack on those, on those, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, but I mean, it was basically like that. And I sat in the locker room and looked at Pinterest until I found two or three quotes that made me want to get up and do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that. And I, and I didn't post them. I just, I needed something that was going to give me a kick in my mental rear to just get up and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of my long-winded answer about how I stay motivated. No, I think that's so good. And what you said about when people aren't looking in some small way, I think we can all relate to this when we think of like wintertime, because in the wintertime, we get to wear bigger, bulkier clothes. And I know I always feel a greater freedom to eat whatever I want in the (laughs) wintertime. Not that it gets all that cold here in Texas, because you are, for those listening, she's in, Crystal's in Texas too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, you know, I, I just feel if, or if I'm wearing 
particularly bulky clothes and I go somewhere, then I just have fun eating because no one's looking, no one can see, no one can notice. And so that's just, I mean, like, just like you said, that can go to a much grander scale. And that accountability is huge. I remember when we were at dinner the other night, you were sitting there scrolling through Pinterest things, <laughs> looking for being stuff. Rude, so, uh, being rude at the dinner table. <laughs> no. Actually, I think I was the rude one because I was the only one not scrolling through <laughs> my phone. So, and for everybody listening, Crystal is so hardcore. Not only did she run a half marathon pregnant, you know, what, a way back. When was that? 2007, you said? 2007, yeah. But then when she ran this most recent half marathon, we'd gone out to eat the night before. And then we stayed up till like, I don't know what it was, but I want to say it was at least midnight chatting. And she had to be up at 530 to go run 13.1 miles. <laughs> So I was a little nervous about you actually waking up in time and not missing the race. Honey, the accountability was there. I had paid that money. True. I wasn't going to oversleep. True. True. <laughs> so as far as eating stuff and and, and watching uh, what we put into our bodies, what are some things and that have helped you, like things that you eat or, or mental perspe- perspective changes that have helped you? Okay. Well, first of all, you know, I love food. I mean, I really, really, really love food. And um, I have to tell myself that if I deny myself this time, this is not the last time I will be presented with the opportunity to have whatever it is. I mean, really, it sounds silly, but it's true. Um, You know, the other thing is I've had to really do a lot of self-talk with um, the reason why I'm eating food. Food is not just for enjoyment. It's not just for the tickling of my tongue. It is for nourishment. And so um, I have to, you know, eating out is an issue because if I'm paying for it, you know, I want it to taste good. I don't want to pay for a salad, you know, (laughs) Um, but I've had to say, okay, but why am I eating right now? Whether that's at home or out and I'm eating for nourishment and I've had to really think through, this is not about what I want to taste. This is about what my, you know, what my body needs. Um, And that's been a retraining process. Um, I've done a lot of things. I'm kind of a zero to 60 extreme personality. I'm working on that, but um, I did, um, I think in 2009, I got this book by Joel Furman called Eat to Live. And it's basically a book about um, uh, uh, an eating lifestyle. But he challenges you to a six-week vegan life, uh, vegan uh, food choice deal. And I did that. I'd never felt as clear in my head. I'd never had as much energy. Mm. Um, I'd never um, not been hungry. I mean, I I was constantly eating fruits, vegetables, and, you know, minimum amount of carbs, but I felt great for six weeks. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I missed the meat. I missed the sugar, but I felt fantastic. So that's become kind of a baseline for me that when I'm, I'm, I haven't done it since then, but when I just need to get back to a baseline of, um, you know, what to cut out of my diet and what I, what my body needs, that's been a great thing. I keep his six week program posted on my refrigerator when I need to rein it in. Um, so I've learned how to eat salad without salad dressing. If I'm trying to lose weight, I've learned um, how to focus and um, think about how much water I'm having. I've learned about how much vegetables I should be having and learned to cook a pot of beans and eat off of that for a whole week in different ways. I mean, so it gave me some tools. Um, and so really, honestly, it's the thing we know. It's fruits, vegetables, and um, cutting out a lot of the carbs. We have too many carbs in our diet, paying attention to the sodium, 
Um, and I record, if I start losing track of if the scale starts changing, then I'm probably not writing down what I'm eating. Mm, that's um, huge. You know, because we just lose consciousness. When we go out yes. to eat, the portion sizes are too big. When we um, eat at home, we, you know, we, we will dump seasoning, salt and different things into our food and not really pay attention to the caloric value of that. Mm-hmm. So writing it down has helped me to go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I'd had dessert already three times this week. So no, I'm not going to have it today. You know, that mm-hmm. that. And sometimes I even just get overwhelmed with the idea of writing stuff down. But if I, sometimes you can write stuff down and write down the actual caloric value of everything or or, or that sort of thing or fill it in in an app. But I found even if I just open Evernote and write down everything that I eat before I eat it, it makes me a lot more conscious because I'm less likely to go to the fridge with a spoon and open the can of frosting and take a scoop (laughs) if I have to write that down three times in one day. Exactly. I mean, that's just an example. That's no, not, not exactly what I, not that I do that. Oh, well, I will admit, I will just admit it. <laughs> I, um, for my kids too, every now and then I'll buy that spray thing of whipped cream. Oh yeah. And we don't even put it on anything. We just, I just say, <laughs> open up your mouth and stick out your tongue and they get a nice little squirt. I mean, you know, and we'll do that <laughs> for we, two or three weeks until it's gone. <laughs> we do. We, we love whipped cream here. We actually, you know, actually whipped cream, I think it's slightly bad rap. We use whipped cream instead of uh, syrup on everything that you would normally put syrup on. And my kids like it because it's bigger. <laughs> and I like it because it's so much less sugar yeah. than is in syrup. So we actually, we love whipped cream. And I do eat frosting out of a can because I don't buy candy for my kids. So there's no candy in the house. <laughs> so I eat frosting from a can. You know Living. what? The, the Starbucks people told me that people who are on um, diets, they'll come through and just ask for a cup of whipped cream with a drizzle of chocolate syrup on it. And that's, I mean, hey, that's better than a white chocolate mocha with, you know, extra whip, which is my preferred drink. That is actually very <laughs> true. That is that is good. That is probably my favorite as well. Um, so you wrote a book called Kingdom Woman. How does this whole fitness concept aspect of our lives blend into the blend into the spiritual aspect of our lives. Well, you know, I think that was a big part of this leg of the journey for me mm-hmm. because there was a book called Kingdom Woman with my name on it. And I think subconsciously I felt that I needed my life needed to line up with that title. Mm-hmm. Um in a lot of different ways. Um my husband used to joke about it and I would I would say something to him and he would say, oh, okay, kingdom woman. So we're, we don't, there's nothing for dinner tonight. You know, it was that kind of joke around our house. <laughs> but I think that I also thought, you know, kingdom woman, a kingdom woman, what would she do? How, she would take care of her body. And I think subconsciously I started saying, I need to let my body line up at different areas of my life, lots of areas of my life, but particularly that one, line up with this, with this title. And I think that that's the concept in Colossians 1 where the Bible tells us to walk worthy of our calling. We're already, um, you know, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're you're already um, made perfect by his sacrifice for you on the cross. The challenge is to walk that way and to let your life line up with who he says you are, Mm -hmm. you know, and for us to close that gap as we seek to please him. Mm -hmm. And. I also think of it for me and the idea that if God's called me to things, I want to have the energy 
and the strength and the endurance to be able to do those things. Because maybe those things involve a trip overseas to the Philippines to some of the poorest parts of Manila. Or maybe that involves, you know, I have a friend leaving for a country in Africa in a few weeks. Or, you know, whatever God has called us to, even if it's right here, if it's helping build a Habitat for Humanity house or just whatever he's called us to, I want to be ready to go. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of churches that have missionaries, one of the requirements is that they not have any debt before they go overseas. Right, and right. And in the same way, just physically, I want to not have physical debt. I don't want to have something that's holding me back from doing whatever God might want to call me to. I want to be ready when he calls. And that's one thing that keeps me going. And I think also it goes back a bit to what you said about people watching, too, mm-hmm. because our kids— are watching, whether or not we have a platform, whether or not we've written a book or we're on Instagram or whatever, our kids are watching us and how we eat and live. And if you look at families, if you go to Walmart and look at families or go to the mall and look at families, they usually don't look very different. That's true. Apples don't fall far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very true. And as far, I heard a quote once that said, um, my, I'm totally not making it eloquent. Like somebody probably <laughs> spent weeks con- making it concise and eloquent, but something along the lines of my ceiling is my children's ground floor. So wow. to the level that I elevate myself uh, spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally, that's going to be the ground floor of where my kids start. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about me pushing myself for my own sake or because I want to fit into a certain pair of jeans or look a certain way, but it's to give my kids that launching pad to go mm-hmm. even farther than I've ever gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That is so good. And and to give them a picture of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I want my I want my girls to know. Um, and I've been I was grateful that my girls came first because with little kids coming after that is because they know what motherhood looks like. They know mm-hmm. what it takes. They know what I do in terms of when I get up in the morning and when I go to bed. And I want them to have that same picture of what a fit lifestyle looks like. You know, how we cook, how we eat. When does mommy work out? How does she do that around kids? You know, how does she do that around work or whatever? And um, I think a picture just tells somebody they can do it. This Mm -hmm. is what it looks like. I've seen it and I can do it too. Yes. Yes. So let's dive into that a little bit. How, How? What does it look like? How do you work out? Where do you find the time? Um, well, um, in this season of my life, basically it's early in the morning. Um, I have, uh, if I'm not out the door by about five o'clock in the morning, if, if I'm going to the gym or if I'm running with someone else, um, it's, it's just not going to happen. If I try to, you know, when my kids were smaller, um, and I could take them to the gym, you know, and childcare was a blessing. Sometimes I didn't <laughs> work out. I would just go to the locker room and read while the <laughs> childcare kept them for a couple of hours which is not, you know, I have no shame about that it <laughs> through some rough seasons. But um, the gym was a great thing when I could take the kids. But right now, in order for me to be by myself early morning and my husband with the half marathon training has been great because, you know, on a Saturday morning for me to be gone from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., you know, he has to take that on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's basically early in the morning. And then um, my one of my girls loves Zumba. She doesn't like running. I made her do a 5K because she's homeschooled too. And I was like, you're going to do this because I'm doing it. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, she likes Zumba. So one night a week we go out and do that because that's the thing that, you know, that she likes. Um, so I just kind of dance around my kids' schedules and mm-hmm. make, it, make it work. There's a book by Vicki Ferris, and I'll never forget that. I can't remember how many kids they have, but I think it's like somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 10. And um, she said... 
that her afternoon walk when her husband got home from work, it was a one hour walk. She did not negotiate that no matter what else was going on in the house, because not only did it keep her physically fit, but it kept her mentally fit as well. She had time to think, time um, to pray and time to be by herself. So Mm -hmm. I just think you work it around your schedule and whenever it works for your family. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I'll say about running. I don't always necessarily enjoy it, but I do usually enjoy the solitude of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because you're a runner. I, I still don't qualify myself as a runner yet. And I, and I, I think I don't because I still don't like it sometimes. And I thought runners run because they like it. <laughs> no, I, I like it because people leave me alone <laughs> while I'm running. Although that's not as true because I have a little nine-year-old mini-me who really likes to run. And she begs me to wake her up at six to go running with me. So, you know, I don't know. That's not as much as true as it used to be. But my kids are also much more, you know, they're older and so they're fun to hang out with. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, Before we go, I want you to tell me a little bit about the book that you wrote. Well, Kingdom Woman is a book that's designed to encourage women um, to be who God has called them to be, to um, look at what the possibilities are for their existence, what the potential is that God has put in them with their specific and unique gifts and talents and abilities, and to recognize the power that every woman has because she's been created by an almighty God in his image. And I think... Um, many times in Christendom or many times just in our culture, um, women are kind of marginalized um, for a lot of different reasons and a lot of different ways. And so this book is not to say uh, in a feministic, in a negative feministic way, you know, women can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan, but in a positive God is pro-females way. Um, and yes, he he does want you to maximize your potential regardless of whether that's in the workplace or at home. And yes, he does want you to explore everything that he's given you for your benefit and for the benefit of the people in your life and the people you love. And so I, it's kind of just a challenge and a, um, you know, God made me hear me roar kind of book. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love, I mean, you're going to say no, so you're not allowed to say no, but <laughs> I love how you exemplify this book. I'm not saying you're perfect, so you you can, I'm negating that argument from you, but. <laughs> no, I'm going to say it. <laughs> But, I mean, just before I ever knew you wrote the book or anything, I was just so impressed by you and by your character. And I've been impressed by your faithfulness in this fitness journey and just, you know, all of our conversations together. Just love who you are and and the wisdom that you share. And I, for those listened who listened to a couple episodes ago, I shared a piece that Crystal shared at Sally Clarkson's conference a couple weekends ago. And um, would you mind actually sharing that again? So I think the question was, um, what do we do when our kids fail? Something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about, Crystal? Yes, yes. Um, If I remember correctly, it's, well, first of all, to remember that um, it's not necessarily a reflection on you because we trip up when our kids make mistakes because we think that it's about us and it's a huge personal reflection on our parenting skills or what we've input into our children's lives. And that's not always true. God made Adam and Eve. He was a perfect God, perfect father. He was all that Adam and Eve knew. And he said, you get to choose. And they made a bad choice. They, they chose the one thing he said that they couldn't have after everything else he had given them, they did the one thing that he said they couldn't do. And I figure if God made two people who messed up, then it's okay if I make people who mess up. Um, And God is still God. 
and I'm still crystal, even if I have children that make mistakes. Um, so of course we want to love our children and pray for them. And of course we want to hone our parenting prowess and do the best that we can um, in bringing them up. But I think we just have to hold them with a loose hand <clears throat> and realize that ultimately God loves them more than we do. And he's going to be working on them long after they leave our houses. So good. So good. I'm just glad I get to have conversations with you. Um, Yay. So for everybody listening, they're about to take their headphones off. And they're like, I want, I want to raise my ceiling, and whether that's in fitness or spiritually or whatever. But let, I, let's focus on fitness since that's mostly what we've been talking about. Okay. What would you say to them to encourage them to get started and maybe a simple way that they can get started? Um, I would say uh, pick one thing. It could be food. It could be exercise related, but pick one thing um, and do that one thing for one week. And at the end of the week, decide if you're going to keep working on that one thing or if you're going to add a second thing. And that thing could be, you know, you want to lose five pounds, so you're going to take off the soda for the week. Or you want to um, be more fit, and so you're going to go for a walk three times this week. Um, and the second thing I would say is call a friend. Because some, sometimes our goals and dreams are not alive until they've lived through our words or through our commitment to another person because then we're seen. So mm -hmm. pick one thing and then make sure that one thing is seen by somebody other than you. I think we are so inundated with magazines and websites and blogs and radio and just everything about all the different things we can do to lose weight or get fit or change our lives. I don't think we need more information. I think we need more action. And we, action doesn't have to be overwhelming. So one thing and then make it live by sharing it. So good. So good. Crystal, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on your podcast, Kat. I'm honored to have you. And we are going to have you back because there's a whole... You're not just a one-dimensional fitness person. There's <laughs> a whole lot more to you, and I want to chat about that too. So we're gonna definitely going to have to have you back on the show. But um, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to being back. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king.
place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with His grace His grace and sweet new mercy May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way 